Hello everyone currently locked in your place of residence. My name is Omen Cross and welcome to today's episode of Crossing and Waffles. <sighs> it's an unfortunate time in human existence as we've all encountered in our own ways, I guess. Uh, pandemics and panic shoppers and empty stores and just chaos going on all over the place. But that's not what I decided to talk about today. I'm pretty sure we're all dealing with it enough. But I figured before we started, we should go ahead and discuss the elephant in the room, the thing that we all know is there. So in order to do that, I'd like to introduce my co my co-pilot on this journey. And I'll bet you all wish you had a space like this. Emma Cross, everybody. Hello, everyone. So, plague and pestilence upon the world as stores empty out piece by piece. First it was the toilet paper. Then it was the paper towels and the, the napkins and the tissues. Then it was the soap. Now, apparently, it's the food, too? Yeah, last time I went to the store, there was no food. Well, at least very little. The food that could be stored long-term was pretty much completely wiped out. So, that's what we're dealing with, people. A world where you can't go to the store and get what you need anymore. It seems that our panic has gotten the best of us. I can't really argue human nature. Might not have been the best idea. Might not be the best idea long term. Now that it's gotten so bad that people can't, not everybody, but a lot of people can't go to work anymore. The children don't go to school anymore. You know, the. There's people who don't know how they're going to make their next paycheck anymore because they've been laid off until this is over. Entire businesses that were supposed to start up this year or seasons of events that were planned to make tons of people, millions of dollars across months of time have been canceled or postponed. Yeah, it's multiple events like Pokemon Go, their community day, for those of you that play it. Community Day was canceled or postponed? It wasn't canceled. It was postponed until Forgive later. me. Postponed. We'll say a lot of the things that are being quote-unquote canceled aren't really being canceled so much as they're just being postponed or moved to a different seating. Like wrestling. They, they can't have people going to the arenas for wrestling shows anymore. So now the wrestlers and just a few production people, you know, just who they know safe are going and, and doing a show in front of nobody just so that they still have something to put on TV. Yeah, and shows like Supernatural, apparently um, production is uh, halted due to, the, due to this pandemic. So, yeah, it's going on everywhere. Everything you can think of is being affected at this point. If you don't know somebody that's being individually affected by this, then you might not be talking to that many people. Because I see enough stories about it, I don't even really talk to that many people. It's just little tidbits here and there from our random encounters out in the world. Those very few encounters, at least. 
Well, you know, I mean, we only have so much interaction staying in a car and, and only getting out to run little errands, especially considering the current situation, which is a thing I'll get further into when we have our actual discussion. But I'd like to hear what everybody out there is going through individually. How has all this affected your personal life as opposed to just well, this is what's happening to a politician or this is what's happening to some superstar. What's happening to you? Yeah, if you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. And if you're not on YouTube, you can find us at crossingandwaffles at gmail.com. Yeah, send us an email, leave us a comment, tell us how all this has affected your life and what it's ruined for you personally. Yeah, we want to know. Yeah, show us pictures. I mean, this isn't a thing that's going to last forever. This is only temporary. Yep, we can get through this. And while we're discussing temporary, we should probably get on to today's topic. And today's topic is something I like to call temporary slavery. Now, it's a pretty inflammatory title, I know. And I don't really want to be that guy. But I have some recent personal experience in addition to various other personal experience throughout the years that I'd like to share with you that I think gives a lot of clarity to this particular topic. And so the first thing I'd like to explain in order to get to this topic of temporary slavery is a thing I like to refer to as the homeless circle. It's generally a vortex that people fall into, get sucked further in the longer time goes on. Uh, people fight back against it. People fight and fight and fight. They seem to constantly be drugged into this. I'm sure all of you out there have someone you know or someone that, that you talk to or someone that you're related to or maybe even you yourselves have been in the situation where you've been living in a vehicle or physically out on the streets or... Uh, living in abandoned buildings or any number of situations that's what's considered homeless. And even if you haven't been in those situations, you may somebody may know somebody who has or is in that type of situation. So this is a, a subject that I think everybody can identify with at least in some way. So let's discuss the homeless circle. It starts like most terrible things, as, as the Joker would say, with one bad day. A day where you lose your job, or a day where uh, your landlord decides he doesn't like you anymore and throws you out into the street, or a day where um, your business that, that you've been working for decides it's gonna consolidate its efforts in another direction, and that leaves you with no functional responsibilities, i.e., you're fired, get your shit, and get out. So, this is the point we start at. The point that I like to call the point of desperation. Well, it's the where, start of desperation. It's where you, something hits your life and screws up the status quo so bad that there's no way you can't react to it. And so, in this situation, one thing tends to lead to another. You lose your job, you don't find another one quick enough, you don't have the same stable income, you end up losing the house. Or the not, apartment. And it doesn't or, necessarily have to be about losing your job. You know, there's other extenuating situations that could cause you to lose your home. Yes, dear. And 
for all those varying reasons, you end up in a situation where you don't have a home anymore. Now, in this case, once we reach this point, a lot of people will end up falling back on the help of family and friends to uh, uplift them in their time of need, give them what they need just to make it through so that they don't lose everything. Say, in the example of losing one's job, you have a relative or a good friend who loans you or gives you or whatever the money to uh, make it through your next month's rent knowing that you already have another job lined up and are going to be able to either pay them back or at least continue on your own way for a relative period of time. That's a situation that can be managed. If you make it through your hard time, you can still build back up. But for some of us, and in some of those situations, it just doesn't happen. For one reason or another, whether it's that uh, the employers, as they put it, aren't looking for anyone at this time, or need someone with a specific set of skills, or whatever excuse they throw at you, why you're not good enough to be a member of their company, or whether you just find yourself in a situation where work's not as easy to come by as one would think. Um, there's a lot of smaller towns in the nation and in the world where there's just not a lot of jobs available. And you just find yourself in a point where you end up trapped. You end up lost of the things you had and now you're trapped in this psychotic circle and you don't know what exactly you should be doing. You know, we had a personal example when we lived in California years ago. Um, I was writing a book at the time. Uh, I had just finished writing said book. And um, the bills were paid. Bills had been paid every month without fail. And I was leaving the house one day and I opened the door and there was an eviction notice on the door. And it was for something that not only was in my contract that it was okay to do, but that I had discussed with the management of the place that I lived several times and been told by every level of management, including senior management, that everything was fine. I had done everything I could. There was nothing to worry about. And then after paying them thousands of dollars for months and months and months, I just got thrown out onto the street. Yeah, it was, it was a very difficult time and very confusing because it was... Like I, our bills were paid and yet we were still just tossed aside and I didn't want to ask for help because I had already gotten to this point. I had already tried to do what everyone says to do, get a place, get an apartment, get a job. And as soon as we were getting to that point where we were getting ready to look for jobs, it was all shattered. It's just... No remorse, no control, and you're out on the street. And so then you find yourself in the outside of this vortex where you're either in a vehicle or you're out on the street or you're staying on friends' couches or staying with your mom or staying at a family's house. Now, from some people, this is the extent of where it goes. They end up here, then they build back up. But for some of us, that support system isn't there. For some of us, when we turn around, we have no one except ourselves. 
in our case, each other is generally all we have. I have family that I care about and that I trust, but I don't hassle them with my problems because in my case, I've been in this situation for years and I've tried so many methods to build myself back up and she has tried so many methods to build ourselves back up and no matter what we do it's just never enough and we end up stuck inside this cycle and so once you're in this part of the cycle you have options as an individual I won't call them good options but there are options so you have the option that a lot of people fall into once their support system is gone once they have no family, no friends, no one to talk to, then they just give up. I've met a lot of these people across the United States of America. Uh, I stayed in a veteran shelter once in, uh, in California. And while I was staying there, there were people that were trying to, to get jobs, to make money, to better themselves so that they could get out of the shelter, myself included. Um, and then there were just other people that, that were just so beaten down by what they were going through that they didn't even try anymore. They didn't want to look for work. They just wanted to sit there all day and take whatever classes they were made to take and let, let the government and, and whatever pay their bills for them and deal with their problems. And it was terrible to see people give up like that and forced into a position where they had to give up like that. And then there's other people who continue to push but find themselves shoved down into the hole further by those around them where uh, despite their best efforts, no matter what job they work, no matter how much money they seem to be making, it's just never enough to cover the bills and the, the costs that they've incurred as they've been homeless, trying to keep storage for themselves, keep mobility for themselves. Their keep, phone plans. Yes, nowadays you have to maintain some kind of phone plan, but if you're homeless and you can't guarantee you can pay every bill on time, you almost have to go prepaid. And there's only so many options of prepaid and it's still going to cost you money. So there's things that that the people that you'd see standing out on the corner with a sign or the people that are huddled underneath the the makeshift tents at night or the people that are in the RV that hasn't been uh, moved in a month are dealing with. And these are all different examples of this same stage of the homeless circle. But we've also been further than that. Over the years, we've seen so many people drug down into this circle as they run into the major cities and attempt to find aid because that's where there's more organizations for these things only to find out there's waiting lists and wait times and 
even in my situation as a veteran of the United States military, even going through the VA system, there's still wait times for doctor's appointments, wait times for medication, wait times for lines for assistance, wait times for meetings for uh, with other organizations affiliated with them for assistance. And all that time while you're scheduling all these appointments is time that you can't make any money because you have to be there for the appointment. It's time that you have no idea what's going on in your life. And it's time that you're just desperate trying to find a way out, clawing at the wall of a pit, hoping to find a handhold that isn't there. And for some people, this is where it ends. They get drug all the way in. They get into a shelter. They don't find a job. They get desperate. They start falling in with other people in these shelters that uh, are into some dark things. They start getting into them themselves. Next thing you know, it's just another junkie on the street because they've been thrown out of the shelter because the shelter don't want them there anymore because they got so desperate they tried to find a way to stop themselves from thinking about it and it made it worse for other people it's not that they get into nasty things they just can't get out with the shelter taking their not only their food stamps but also any form of a disability or b government assistance in cash or anything like that that a person would obtain in a month um the person has no way to get themselves basic utensils uh anything special for themselves so they have no way to relieve the stress of what they're going through they're just trapped there in that building like a prisoner being told when they have to be in and what they can do and when they have to attend class and what time they got to wake up. And they just get so desperate and depressed that they just give up. And you'll see them in those shelters just, they don't care. They don't go out much. They don't do much anything. They just kind of sit around the shelter and I guess wait for it to end. For other people, they move past this. They find a way to employ themselves to make enough money at least to not have to uh, be in the shelter. Or on the streets panhandling, which is also a very unfortunate situation, but some people have to do it. Hey, we do it ourselves when we have to. We uh, haven't I'm done a... it in years. <laughs> it's but... not a thing I'm proud of that it's ever a thing I had to do, but... When you're desperate, when you don't have money for gas, when you don't have money for food, when you don't have money to, to make it through the next day, what do you do? Do you sit there and roll over and die? Or do you suck up your pride and, and do what you don't want to do, but you end up having to do? Which is stand out there with that sign and, and live off of somebody else's kindness, at least for a day. Yeah, but some if you're, especially if you're new to a city, Panhandling can lead you into what we call temp labor. And yep. that's where a lot of homeless people and people who just need a second job turn to, to make a little extra cash. Now, if you don't know what temp labor is... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different versions of temp labor. It's in different states or different countries. There's different verbiage for it, different company names, but it's all the same basic principle, right? So you go in, you sign your paperwork. They, in, in my particular case, through the agency I've gone through the most often, uh, it has an app 
that, that displays different jobs and what the requirements of those jobs are um, and how much they pay, blah, blah, blah. And you make the decision based on how far away it is or whether or not you meet the qualifications, whether or not you want to take that job. And if you take the job, you accept it on the app and then you go to that job on the day that you're scheduled to work at the time you're scheduled to be there and you do the work and then they pay the company and of course the company's going to take a percentage of whatever the customer's paying them for themselves and then they pay you whatever they told you they were going to pay you per hour minus your taxes and this is typically done on a day-to-day um, -day basis or weekly in some cases yeah there's all different kinds of temp agencies some of them pay daily some of them pay weekly some of them pay bi-weekly it's really dependent on the individual organization but they all generally work the same they tell you here's a myriad of jobs that we have sign our paperwork and we'll get you a job and get you employed no problem but Sometimes inside this, we are allowing ourselves to be acceptant of things that I call things that should not be. Um, I'm a firm believer that it's us as people that define what is okay and not okay to do. And it's us as people constantly rolling over and accepting one wrong thing after another being done to us. That's the reason why all these wrong things keep being done to us. If somebody comes up and punches you in the face and smiles about it and you do nothing, they're probably going to hit you again because they enjoyed it. But you shouldn't always hit people. I mean, if when somebody other... hits you in the face, money popped out like it was a video game and you did nothing, yeah, but then people would keep game. hitting you in the face. Societally, when they screw us over, they make money off of it. So that's generally the same thing. <laughs> generally, but we're not going out and hitting people in the faces. And... <laughs> it may as well be with some of these actions. I mean, when we talk about temp labor, you're talking about you could be doing anything. You could be, I've torn down concerts, set concerts up. It was, it was fun. I got paid. I worked for bands, several of them that I actually like myself. And I've gone in and removed insulation from a burnt down house and picked trash at waste management. Yep. So there's a, a total myriad of jobs that you could end up with being temp because now a lot of the individual organizations, even big companies like Walmart and Enterprise and, Enterprise and Target, they're all pulling in temp labor, not just because they can't staff their own stores. That's a part of it. A lot of the stores are having difficulty keeping people on their actual staff. There are other reasons why they hire these temp agencies well, for certain one, it's positions. Cheaper. No, it's not. Well, it's cheaper in a sense that they don't have to pay for your health care um, among one thing, as well as, you know, breaking the law. Yeah, see, the problem with this is that one of the reasons a lot of places like to hire these temp laborers is because there's no job security. Um, the way temp labor is set up, if a customer decides they just don't want you anymore, not just you, but like either you or everybody that, that's on the ticket that's working there, they can just make that decision one day and it's up and gone. Now with, with jobs like construction sites, you kind of expect that. 
And for those you know, of you, you, you do your building, you do your cleanup, and after it's done, the job's over, and you find another job. But when you're working at a place like Walmart, or you're working at a place like an enterprise at an airport that moves thousands of cars every single day, you'd say to yourself, there's no real business reason why people aren't needed there. The cars at an airport couldn't be moved without the laborers there. And sometimes these businesses decide to be very foul to their temp laborers because they know they can get away with it. Apparently, from what I understand, in general temp labor contracts now, there's a thing that you sign that basically makes uh, it impossible for you as an employee to ever sue the company that you're working for for anything that's done to you while you're on the job. Uh, aside from being paid workman's comp when you actually get injured on the job, basically any, any type of discrimination, any type of uh, law-breaking, any type of actual offenses that would be grounds for a normal person to and file law a lawsuit. Breaking, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I can't tell you what every business does, but I can tell you what the place I worked for up until a week or so ago do does, did, and will continue to do. Um, in my personal example, up until a week or so ago, I was a temp laborer at the Enterprise National at the Denver International Airport. And this place moves so many cars, so many trucks, so many SUVs every single day. Not just in, but out. People getting out of their cars, going to the airport. People getting off the plane, into the car, getting it out. But this place got too comfortable because one thing after another, one incident after another. First it was, um, we have to push this back or we have to... Um, By this, what do you mean? Any number of things. It could be uh, a promise that they've made to you personally. Uh, it could be something that they just said to you two minutes ago that you were getting ready to go do. It could be any number of things. The most prevalent being anything that would actually benefit you as an individual employee. Uh, things like your your legally mandated lunch break, your 30 minute lunch. Um, in my individual example, there was multiple occasions where um, the lead temp supervisor would say that he could personally go buy a bunch of junk Little Caesars pizzas and have them delivered and that was the reason why nobody got a lunch break because we were expected to eat one or two cold pieces of pizza when he decided to tell us they were there, especially if he didn't care for you much. And uh, we were expected to just eat a couple pieces of pizza and keep moving cars rather than take the lunch break that the law says we get. And on my very last day there, I decided that I was not going to just accept that. And so I went to my, my lead, my personal supervisor on shift and told him that I wanted to go to lunch. And he told me the first time he told me at 11 o'clock that afternoon 
that lunch wasn't going to be till at least noon and we just had to deal with it being pushed back and I can accept that and then when I went back at noon and I asked him again it had changed to nobody gets a lunch now they're bringing in pizza and since I live in my car and everyone else that I live with in my car is still in the car when I'm not in the car I like to have my lunch break to come back and visit the house and the family and make Relax. sure everything's okay while sitting and relaxing for that 30 minutes. It's Which is not your much. legal right. Which yeah, is everybody's it's, legal right. It's all of our legal right underneath the labor laws that we currently have in place. So that means it's the law. So I told this to my supervisor. My supervisor apparently didn't want to deal with the problem himself. So he told me, we're going to go speak to the lead. We're going to go speak to the head supervisor. Okay, great. So I walk over there with him, and we get to the supervisor, and he tells the supervisor what I said. And the supervisor says to him, oh, well, I'm just not going to put up with this shit right now. Just take him to lunch and be done with it. I'm like, he said, fine. I said, fine. We all walked off. We get in the van. He drives me the couple of miles that it is from the Enterprise to where I actually have to park my car. Which is basically an undesirable location. Yeah, it's really not the greatest place to park, but... It's, it's basically for all the people that they don't want or don't like. This is basically what this parking lot is. Yeah, the people they like park right next to the place and they never have a problem. But people like myself, they don't like very much because I stand up for things like what's right and people's legal rights and and I try to stop things like discrimination and segregation and the things that they try to and cause favoritism. down there. I mean, yeah. And and it's because I'm this person that stands up to them, they don't like me for it. And I'm not surprised by that. But anyway, back to our story. So we get in the van, drives me to the car, parks, and as I'm getting ready to get out, he says, When you get out of the van, go clock out, you're going home, you're done. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you. I have a condition known as intermittent explosive disorder. I also have uh, some other very interesting perceptions on things that we'll discuss on other times. But let's just say in this particular moment, I knew what was causing this. I knew why it was happening. And the fact that I was being fired for standing up for my legal right to a lunch break, along with you know, standing up against the other things that I had stood up to and, and trying to force them to understand that people are people and you got to treat people with at least some basic respect and follow the laws. They're put in place for a reason. But it's not only that, but we've already been here. We've done this. This happened during the Industrial Revolution. Like, why are we making the same mistakes again? This is what I don't understand. Well... I think it's because people just keep rolling over. In this case, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when I was sitting in the van and he told me to clock out, I'm not gonna lie to you, the first thought that went through my head as rage filled it to no extent and I could barely see straight was to do horrible things to my, my lead, take the van, go back and do horrible things to my supervisor and leave them both, let's call it in a very bad way. But 
I've had IED for a long time and I know how it works. And most of the time, I can kind of keep it under control. But not to the extent that I always want. In this particular situation, after he had legitimately told me several times that yes, I was actually being fired. He wasn't joking with me because he does tend to screw around like that. Yes, I was actually being fired for standing up for my rights. Yes, they were taking my money away from me. They were making sure I couldn't make any more money being selfish. Bad things almost happened. What ended up happening was I snatched the keys out of the van and got out. I didn't touch him. I did, I did take the keys, and I did get out of the van. Now, I'll tell you a bit. That was silly. <laughs> I don't know about silly. I just wanted, I knew what would happen. I knew exactly what would happen. At least three seconds after I got out of that van, I knew everything that would happen. And I just stood there and waited. I didn't do anything, and he never got out the van. Because I'm going to tell you, my lead is a punk-ass, little bitch-made motherfucker. And he could never stand up to me for even five seconds. So, I stood there and waited. And of course, the police showed up. As the first police vehicle showed and, up. And ladies and gentlemen, when I say they rolled up, they rolled up three deep. <laughs> with a canine unit. Yep, within five <laughs> minutes, there were three police cruisers and one of them was a canine unit. So, they don't play up at Dia. And I knew this for a fact. So... I stood there and I waited and the first vehicle rolled up. As it rolled up, I walked straight up to it and he rolled his window down. And I held out the keys and I handed them to him and I said, this is what he needs. Get me and him out of here. Because by then, I had managed to calm myself down enough to not want to do what I was about to do a couple minutes before that, but also didn't let him just stride away like he was some conquering hero because he had to sit his punk ass in that van and, and call the cops and call the supervisor and cry for help because he couldn't handle himself and his own problems that he was helping create. So when the police showed up, I handed them the keys, I told them the truth and exactly why it had happened he asked me if I put my hands on anybody. I told him no. They checked my ID. They checked for warrants, whatever it is cops do when they take your ID. He handed it back to me. He said, go home. And that's what I did. Now that, that story could have ended a lot worse for a lot of people. Because I'm not going to lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. If I ever let myself go to that level... I have a feeling it would cause some serious damage. But I'm going to keep trying to stop that from happening. Because the longer I maintain my intelligence, the longer I can maybe get the message out to somebody else that these things are happening. And so I decided instead to get back in the car and leave. Rather than do what I wanted to do, what would have made me feel just amazing inside. I did what I felt was best in that moment. And the, the crazy part of this, 
All this sounds crazy to your average person, but the craziest part of this, and Spish, you can attest, is I predicted this over a week before it actually happened, literally to the day, and on that day, I went into work wearing my title belt with my mask in tow, just in case the shit that they started caused me to have to be in a fight because I didn't want anybody but the champ to participate in a fight. But luckily, like I had predicted, his supervisor didn't have the balls to instigate it on his own. Oh no, he put he put poor little Gary in, in that place. He put that mother... I would have stomped him so bad, it, it, oh, it was his blood would have been all over the pavement. See, if I would have wanted to, I could have stopped him before he ever got on the phone. I didn't want to stop him. I wanted him to call the police because I wanted them to stop me from what I was about to do. And when they stopped me, then I had a legitimate reason to leave. Now there's people with guns there that if I try to start anything would kill me. Because again, DA cops don't screw around. So the situation ended better than it could have. But still, the situation now is, due to somebody's selfishness and breaking the law, now I have no means of income. And I want to go back and complain about all these laws being broken, but I already know for a fact that the supervisor that works at the office already knows these things are going on because she's been in bed with this particular manager for years and they've been doing these things for years because I reported this over a year ago in a different circumstance, not to myself, but things that were happening around me and to other people. And she blew me off and said, no, 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 I trust him. He's, he's doing his job. Everything's fine. So they're all in the same circle of corruption. They're all in bed together. And sadly, the only way to save that for anybody else's job that isn't a kiss ass, that isn't a sycophant, that isn't ready to just trade their dignity away for a little bit of money, is to get rid of all the people at the top. But when you try to go down the, the routes that we put in place for those things, you find walls and roadblocks as they say, well, you can't sue the company and you can't do anything about these problems and we're not going to investigate ourselves. So you're just screwed. We're not, and you can't get unemployment because we're not saying that you can't get another job because you can get another job through the app. So basically fuck you and deal with it yourself. And I personally don't agree with human beings being treated like a disposable commodity that a business can just employ for a little while and then just get rid of and treat like dirt and throw out into the street. You know, I, I don't tout myself based solely on the past of myself, but um, my personal situation, I'm a seven-year, three-deployment veteran of the United States Army. I've got paperwork to prove it. And as a veteran of the United States Army, this business has discriminated against me. They have discriminated against multiple employees of varying races, sexes, and types. They have hurt people. They have abused disabled people. Can you name some examples? Uh, I knew this one girl last year that worked down there. It was summertime. 
and uh, she had a mental condition that she had to take real serious medication for. And one of the stipulations of her medication was you can't be out in the sun for prolonged periods of time. You can be out in the sun, just not forever. So she was working down on the ramp and they told her, you got to go out and push cars the in the ramp? sun. For, uh, for our listeners who don't uh, know. For the uninformed, yes, I understand most of you have never worked my job. At this enterprise, the way that you, you bring a car back is you, you've got your car that you are done with your rental and you pull in and there's some spikes and you run over them and you pull the car in underneath this awning and on these lanes. And that's what we call the ramp. Um, cars park there, customers get out, they give you your receipt, you get on a bus, you go to the plane. As a customer, that's where it ends for you. As an employee, from the ramp, we then take the car and move it either to a, uh, an overflow location or to what we call the pumps, which is the space where cars actually come in, get clean, get washed, and then push through the other side of the pumps to what we call the drip, where they quote unquote drip dry as we wait for ourselves to come pick these cars up and park them wherever they have to be parked so that people can then re-rent these cars and the business can keep making money. So this is the process every single day. Move the cars from the ramp to the pumps. Move the cars from, through the pumps. That's a separate company. The people that wash the cars inside the pumps, separate company. Okay. So I don't know their procedures. Anyway, so this girl was told, get out in the sun. Even though the ramp itself has an awning and she had asked if it was okay if she could take the cars that were in the back of the ramp lanes and move them forward so that the rest of us could get to them quicker while at the same time keeping her out of the sun, which is legitimate and would have helped on both ends. But the lead to enforce authority and just to be dicks, I guess, decided to tell this poor girl to stand out in the sun for hours and she damn near passed out. I straight up told this girl to go sit down one day because I saw her and you know how you can stare somebody in the eyes when they're about to pass out and see them looking woozy and, and kind of far gone I saw it in her eyes and I told her to go sit down and as soon as somebody stood up to me and asked me what she was doing I told him to fuck off before I smack him in the face because I don't play with people about somebody dying of a, of a stroke on a, a work site just because people won't stop being dicks now I know you told me stories of sexual harassment oh please I mean <sighs> the sexual harassment in this place is so bad that it's not even just harassment anymore. Half of promotion in this business involves accepting sexual harassment because I've seen multiple examples of females who have come into my job with talent, with skill, good drivers, good people, good conversationalists, understood what was going on and could do anything down there and these people will never want to see a promotion in their life and I've seen worthless useless ass kissers but how's that cocksuckers but how's that sexual harassment because the supervisor harasses the female the hell the other employees are allowed to harass females and bother them about their numbers and going out on dates and all this all day and the female's just supposed to accept this and work down there 
You know, I don't know how. And on the supervisor level, we just, before I left, we had just had someone promoted all the way from the basic yellow vest associate, which is what I was, all the way up from past lead and to supervisor, just because she became really close friends with the head supervisor and they were seen driving around in vans for hours at a time, just the two of them, just fucking off. And then they started calling each other by pet names. And she started standing up for all the illegal things he was doing. And all of a sudden, this person was a lead. And then two weeks later, she got promoted over the top of all the other leads that had, some of them had been there for years. And she's just a supervisor now and making more than they do. And they've been there way longer than her and better than her. I wouldn't call that sexual harassment. That's more like favoritism, bribery. It started any, as sexual harassment because he things. he harassed her. I mean, her I'm not saying it's and she right. accepted it because she's that type, the type that'll suck their way to power. So these are the type of people that I had to work around just to survive. Now, because of these people, I don't have a job anymore. What I want personally is revenge on these people because. They break the law on multiple individuals, at least weekly, at least. I'm sure it's more than that. I'm sure it's on an average of every day, but at least weekly. And we're talking about break the law, not bend the law, not get away with something they shouldn't. Straight up break actual laws, labor laws, state laws, federal laws. I know segregation was supposed to go out in like the 60s and they're still breaking that law every day. So you can't tell me that this place is a good business. And that's why they're hiring temps is because then they can abuse the employee like this and then not have to pay them unemployment when they're gone. Not have to pay them any sort of workman's comp or anything because that all has to come from the temp agency. And then they take no responsibility, even though they knowledgeably did all these things. The, the enterprise managers and the people-ready managers, they speak in meetings almost every day. They know what they're doing. They know why they're doing it. And it's because they can get away with it. I've heard stories. Now, these are not things I've... This is not a thing I saw myself. It's a story I heard. So I'll tell it to you as a story I heard about what happened down there before I started working down there. There was a female employee doing her job down on the drip, moving cars. A male lead came up to her, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, Donald trumped her, grabbed her right by it. She screamed. There were 20-some people there. They all testified when she legitimately took him and the company to court over this, and she walked out with nothing. The, the company fired the one person responsible and took no blame at all. They That's paid her nothing. Up. No lost wages, no mental distress, no lawyer's fees, nothing. Because these big businesses employ as many lawyers as they do temps, the way I understand it. They'd rather pay a lawyer a million dollars a year than pay you a fucking red cent for anything they've done to you. They'd rather get away with murder than get caught trying to commit murder. 
So this is the business world we live in now where myself, yourself, and, and thousands, tens of thousands, who knows how many of other people out there are now temporary slaves that can be beaten, that can be abused, that can be chained up and told what our rights are just for the sake of a little bit of money. In, in our case, it's not even enough to, to get us out of the situation we're in. It's not, it's barely, it was barely enough when I was earning money to fix the things that were wrong with the car and keep it running. Uh, that uh, a couple of months ago, I, my water pump went out and radiator fluid all over the ground. And so, because we had no other option, we figured out how to do it and fixed it. We did it together. We, we did it slow. We bought the parts and we did it ourselves. And we fixed it. And then I went back to work. And I was working while I was fixing it. We had no power. We couldn't charge a phone. We couldn't move the car. We didn't have the ability to do anything. We had to disconnect the battery just to survive while that water pump was out because we weren't trained mechanics, didn't have a shop, and didn't have the money to pay mechanics, plus couldn't leave the car with them because this is also home with all our things in it. Luckily, we were parked where we usually park for the evening, so it wasn't too complicated to get the work done in a safe-ish safe environment. Yeah, during this time, I'd wake up early, early, early in the morning. And I'd get myself together, and I had no power, no lights, and I'd just get myself together, and then jump in a shuttle, go to work, work all day, come home, try to get a few hours of sleep, get up, do it again, do this all week, earn enough money to buy the parts on the weekend while you're walking around town all day to get these things, and then come back and fix the car. But we still accomplished it. I did the, the majority of the the walking and the errands and stuff because I felt it was safer. You know, things aren't as nice as they used to be in the world, unfortunately. And especially for uh, uh, the ladies out there, yeah, being alone, being unguarded, it's not safe anymore. Keep something in your purse. Don't travel alone, especially in places like Denver. It's, you'll make it out sometimes. But the one time you don't make it out is the one that matters. But to close out what I'm talking about with this whole thing, I'd like to talk about expectations. Now, when this happened, I knew what everybody's expectation of me was. The same thing it always is. Oh, just let it go. Move on. Figure out what to do next to make money. Go stand out on the corner with a sign if you have to. Never mind that you've busted your ass for the last two years to be screwed over by somebody's arrogance and selfishness. Or go donate plasma and potentially die. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, we were donating plasma at a period of time to earn money. And it's, it's decent-ish for money the first month. After that, the way it is now in most places, Second month onward, you got to start at the very beginning of the month, get your, excuse me, two donations in every single week, and you have to get all four weeks in, otherwise you don't make much money. I'm not, it's not even that. I'm going to tell you guys a little story. 
So I was sitting and donating plasma. I believe this was the last time I donated. The girls were re-stabbing somebody, or re-pricking, however you want to call that. And they got notified that they said, even if the blood starts to clot, they can still re-prick you and recirculate it. So that lets you know that they don't really care about you as an individual and... Oh yeah, hey, check this out, ladies and gentlemen. The last time that I went to donate plasma, and I had done it over a period of months, different times when I was working, when I wasn't working. Whenever I needed the extra money, I was donating plasma, but not all the time, because I know you gotta rest your body. So I go in one time to donate plasma. They do something wrong. Uh, I don't know what happened exactly, other than when I got stabbed as the they had already done all the blood circulation and all that they had already gotten my plasma they were putting the iv fluid in me which is the final step and as they went to do this it was fine for a second and then all of a sudden the skin on my arm started to bubble up and i yelled for help and they kind of ignored me for a second and then i yelled for help a little louder and then they understood and they came over there and they stopped the machine and they pulled the needle out of my arm and they told me I was done for the day. They paid me my money, that's fine. But about five to 10 minutes later, as I was sitting in the car trying to relax from what had just happened and planning what to do next, apparently from what I'm told, I had a stroke and died. Uh, that would be more her area than mine because she was the one that saw it. As far as I remember, I just closed my eyes for a second, and then things were very dark. Yeah, he lurched, for, like, literally seized up, lurched forward in the car over the steering wheel, and then the eyes, his eyes just rolled in the back of his head, and he collapsed, and he tried to swallow his tongue, and I stopped him from doing that, and I screamed at him and s slapped him across the face, and luckily he, he woke up. But he said he had to go to the bathroom, and he tried to walk over there, and he oh, that up. was fun! He I, so collapsed I, to the ground. I remember that part. I woke up, which is great, because I could not have. We're talking about the other ways that things could happen. I could not have woke up, and so as this is happening. I wake back up and all I can feel is that I just have to go to the bathroom. I guess it makes sense. They do say when you die, you shit your pants. So I guess my body decided I was dead and started getting ready to evacuate that. And then I woke up and it was like, wait a minute, we were getting ready to get rid of this. It hurts. And so I got up to go to the bathroom and fell over. I lost complete control of my body. I could not manage my legs anymore and just collapsed onto the ground. I wasn't unconscious. I just couldn't control my body anymore. And I had to lay there for a minute and catch my breath. And then she came over and tried to console me from what oh, I was I experiencing. Had I had caught and you. And so I had to stay there for a minute. I kept telling her I got to go to the bathroom. And she wouldn't let me go anywhere for a while after that. But then after a good several minutes and I got myself back together a bit she did let me go in and use the bathroom not without me standing outside the door can you imagine a grown-ass man trying to take a shit his wife's outside 
standing there at the door like, are you okay? Uh, that's as close as I'm giving you. So this is what happened the last time I donated plasma. Now, because I've lost my job and I don't have another one simply because my agency doesn't have anything close and my car is doing oil change, has two tires that need replaced and a variety of other things that determine that I really shouldn't be driving around that much. So I kind of have to stick still. So now I'm kind of stuck still with no income and no savings. So now I find myself being drug in further than I want to be into that homeless circle, into the part that there's no escape from. And I'm not happy about it. So honestly, I'd ask everybody that listens to this, and I don't mean to say this to be a dick. I mean this so that you personally can feel a little more validated when you yourself feel these things. Considering my situation and what you've heard, adjusting what's happened to me recently, I don't know why it is that people expect me to just roll over and let these things happen, not just to myself, but to other people. You give me the, well, that's just the way the world is excuse, and I'd give you the people or the reason why the world is like this excuse. Yeah, but we should still have a chance for, to be more empathetic. Well, towards yeah, a our chance, but at what point do you go, well, they're just not going to do anything. Like, the people that are renting these cars are still renting these cars from them. They don't care. Maybe many people don't know the story, how they treat their temps, how they treat people. Well, and it's not just my job, though, though my example is the one we're discussing. There's millions of people out there right now with jobs where they're treated like animals where the law is broken on them and nobody does anything because now businesses are people but apparently aren't people that can commit hate crimes because I'm pretty sure when you discriminate against somebody as a business that has influence over their life and their monetary progression intentionally ruining that just because of what color they are, what sex they are, the disabilities they have, or your basic perception of them, the way you look at them as a person, should be considered a form of hate crime. Well, it is. Well, it's a hate crime if if I go out and, and beat up somebody of a race that's not my own. That's a hate crime. Because I, as a person, have assaulted a person of another race because of whatever hateful reasons I have for doing that. But now that businesses are people, how come businesses can't commit hate crimes? That's an interesting question. I assume they could. I mean, logically speaking, that... How come businesses can't commit hate crimes just in general against people when they're putting profits above people because they've got all this well, lawyer well, protection? Well, that, that is technically a crime against humanity because you're oppressing people, polluting the environment... And some and such whoop-de-woo. But, again. So, we're talking about what people's expectations of me in this situation. And not just of me, but of anybody that's also in this situation or about to be. Maybe you got laid off because of the chaos virus. And uh, and now your world's in, in a loop and you don't know what you're going to do. 
Maybe you'll leave that comment on the bottom of this video. Maybe you'll email it to me and I'll read it myself. Your story of how someone has oppressed you. Of how you became disposable. And why you're not happy that you're disposable to people that were born just like you. And will die just like you. And, and cease to exist in this world just like you. Why is it that we as human beings, if we're so intelligent and so enlightened because we have information that we get from everywhere, why is it that we've all become so soft and so weak that we would roll over for this kind of treatment? Not just at one place, but everywhere. Why is it and what would you expect of somebody who doesn't just roll over like that? How much longer do you think I'll continue to just accept being treated like I'm disposable? Well, hopefully you'll be around long enough to get the message out. You know, that depends on how many messages you want me to send out. And as I said in the first episode, that really depends on the people listening. I hope, I hope, after this video gets out, I hope people have some things to say. I hope people like this video. I hope some people dislike this video because they don't like what they heard. They don't like hearing all these bad things. Well, sometimes and I the hope truth tons hurts. of people comment with their own truth. I hope people share this video with their friends to get them thinking about what we're doing to each other as people. Yes, the world is in a terrible state and we need to do something about that. Yes, every country needs reformatted. The laws themselves need fixed so that they make sense. There's all these things that we as people need to do. But for some reason, we're all just sitting around. Now they call it self-isolation. How much longer before it's forced isolation? How much longer before your home is the prison that you and your family live in? Right now, hopefully... You all have the things you need. Maybe some of the people out there listening don't. For that, I'm sorry. I wasn't the one who went out and bought all the toilet paper. Or all the soap. Or all the food. I live in a car. I barely was able to buy bread and peanut butter for my own family. But I also feel sorry for those who can't buy anything because everybody else went out and bought it all up in a panic. Well, maybe it'll be an example for next time. Next time. Well, hopefully we make it through this time. As much money's being lost by a bunch of different things and as many people as are losing their jobs and getting sick and, and, and as many things as are going wrong, let's hope we bounce back from this soon as a people. Maybe if we do, we can actually get out and start fighting against the rest of the things that are wrong. Hopefully. Maybe if we do, we can actually make some progress in our world before everything on Earth burns around you, me, and everybody else. Well, catastrophe is inevitable, but that's besides the point and a topic for another discussion. That's always true. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Cross New Waffles. As she said before, you can... Please, by all means, like and subscribe to this video. Share it with your friends. Get them thinking. If you're not on YouTube, 
you can We're try at... to follow us at wherever you get your podcasts. I'm currently working on. I know we are on Spotify. Yeah, I know that for sure, too, but... We're trying to work on getting on the rest of the platforms. As far as personal messages, sending us your stories. Uh, also, if you have any ideas for things you'd like to hear us talk about, things that you think might be poignant to this discussion, please feel free to send those in your in your comments and in your emails as well. Uh, Crossingwaffles at gmail.com. And with that being said... Thank you for listening. This has been Crossing and Waffles, and good luck crossing the spaces between.